When we think about exploring and conserving natural resources, it's easy to focus on our protected places, like parks or wildlife management areas. In order to tackle big conservation issues, though, we also need to consider ways of strengthening ecosystem services in our yards, cities, farms, and other shared use spaces. The Savannah Institute is one organization working at the intersection of agriculture and natural resources, Inspired by the native savanna ecosystems that once covered much of this region, the Savannah Institute conducts research, education, and outreach to support the growth of diverse agroecosystems that provide important natural benefits. Let's dig in. Welcome to the ETC podcast by the University of Minnesota Extension. I'm Nate Meyer, and we are excited to talk with Eric Hagen from the Savannah Institute about their efforts to lay the groundwork for widespread agroforestry in the Midwest. We'll also talk about some ways that you can learn more and get involved. Hi, Eric. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Nate. Excited to be here. The work of the Savannah Institute is inspired by the native Savannah ecosystems that once covered parts of Wisconsin, Minnesota, and other areas across the United States, and even the world. Can you paint me a picture of what these ecosystems look like as if we were standing in the middle of a pristine Savannah? My perspective of the Savannahs is obviously uh, the stories that we are being told um, ecologically as we understand them. Um, listening to some of the stories of the elders, uh, the ancestors that currently continue in, and have resided here, uh, the ones that managed them and actually developed them, and then seeing kind of the remnants that currently exist. So I would, I would say, to be quite honest and fair, my, my perspective is quite limited, but the general idea is a, a mixed uh, ecosystem whereby um, all of the semblance of woody tree and shrub species are mixing with grassland uh, uh, and forb species, along with all the aerial fauna and mammal species and amphibians and all can kind of uh, comprise the same space. And in a sense, it's a it's a highly diversified ecosystem that's very dynamic in that the understory is maintained through through burning as well as grazing, while still while maintaining a very thin, not even quite a full canopy cover coverage, so that there's extreme productivity, so to speak, if you could say it that way, in both the canopy but also the understory in the vegetation and, there, and thereby providing a wealth of habitat opportunities for, for all the species that rely on canopy and tree coverage as well as grassland habitats, as well as forest and field edges and riparian edges and that sort of thing. So it's, it's a pretty wonderful interplay. So I think they're incredibly important, especially in this region to remember um, and learn from and, and try to maintain the, the endemic species that are in there are very rare, they're special to this, they're specialized to that ecology and that co-evolutionary process um, with human existence. And, and so I think there's, there's a conservation element of it, but there's also a whole piece of it, preserving culture and preserving livelihood and right to culture and right to livelihood. 
but also a sense of where do we go from here? You know, recognizing that we've kind of hit a wall in the sustainability, so to speak, of our current agricultural enterprise, and that there that there are alternatives forward. There's ways that we can to maximize the the environmental and the ecological services that are abundant around us in a dynamic and diverse ecosystem, but one that can we can also pull an agricultural economy from. Kind of idealistic. Um, in a sense, at least kind of where we stand now as we try to understand that and explore that, but that's that's kind of the whole point is to, to kind of keep idealizing systems. And, and one of those systems that is easy to see and easy to recognize because it has been done for thousands of years in this place specifically is the, is the endemic savannas from the Midwest. And, and as you mentioned, across the world, of course, too. I think that we often picture a savanna as a grassland with some sparse open tree cover. Talk to me a little bit about what the savanna looks like on your farm demonstration area these days. So the farm that Savannah Institute has, uh, it's a recently acquired farm, 331 acres, uh, just off the Wisconsin River. Um, and, and just north of Spring Green, Wisconsin, is, is a pretty unique habitat in a sense. Um, we are a sandy outwash bottomland from the Wisconsin, and we, we're also in the Driftless, so we have these rolling sandstone hills that lead down to the Wisconsin River. And the farm is situated such that we have a number, we have one long valley that runs due north and south. So all of these fingers of uh, the hills, the sandstone hills of the Driftless actually end in south-facing slopes that are sandstone-based, endemic, prime savanna ecosystem, um, goat prairies as they're called, these steep, uh, steep semi-covered prairies that are, that are covered in a canopy, in a light canopy, so very much a savanna coverage. So we have really interesting ecosystem on the ridges that um, are on the demonstration farm that we are, like I said, just taking over management of. So we're looking at how to how to manage them. Um, most recently, the previous owner had burned the understory a few times. So there, so we are working with some community members in the area that have been doing prairie restoration for a long time and, and teach at the, the university here. Um, so the idea here is that a lot of our hills will be managed for the recovery of those oak savanna woodlands in some areas being a little more open prairie in some areas being a little bit more closed canopy kind of depending on the slope and the aspect but then that same idea carries down into the fields where currently we have 112 acres tillable it's uh, primarily in corn uh, grain small grain rotations and alfalfa so wide open <laughs> and the idea that we're looking at essentially converting the fields into savanna, into a light canopy coverage with mixed uh, tree fruit um, and, and nut crops, uh, but also timber crops, uh, you know, depending on the system, with an understory of pasture and, and, and grassland, so pasture and grazing, and then also some areas of mixed uh, small grains. And essentially we will have somewhat of a, of a native endemic prairie oak woodland kind of setup but we'll blend that. And that's kind of where, where our organization is really focused on is what does that blending look like? Or what does that evolution of agriculture look over time with the commercialization of some of these fruit and nut crop, tree crops, um, tree and shrub crops. Uh, but then the systems of how do you raise them with livestock and with 
annual understory crops. Um, so very much treating the, the ag fields as a savanna. It, it's gonna be kind of an interesting to watch a full conversion of a hundred plus year old farm that's had a, a ample amount of erosion. <laughs> it's on sandy soil. So a lot of nitrates are going straight to the Wisconsin. Relatively good management in recent years by the, previ- by the current tenant doing a, a, as good of a job as they can in that, in that sort of lens. But seeing what the what a conversion to full perenniality looks like, um, another really exciting thing about the farm is it's a it comprises a complete watershed. So any drop of rain that falls on the parcel that we own drains entirely into one culvert that exits the property into a slough that drains directly to the Wisconsin River. So we have an opportunity to see what this sort of savanna ecosystem could look like in terms of water quality measurement and and other ecosystem services that we might want to track at a watershed level. What's really exciting about the farm is, is it is a full watershed and a full valley with a number of pocket valleys and a number of ridges and valleys. So there's ample amount of opportunity for the woodlands. Like I was saying, there's the, the south facing slope for more open prairie, open savanna, open prairie kind of setups, more northern slopes for more you know oak woodland or even actually more maple um, and basswood kind of woodlands now that for, for forest farming. And then going down into the fields, you have this, this forest edge, this total ecozone transition um, where it goes from full open field, 100 acres of it to you know, 200 acres of woodland. Um, so there's opportunities to figure out how do you blend those transition zones? And then how do you fill in those open spaces with, with trees while making it still productivity, going back to the savanna concept. So, so that's what's kind of cool about our, the farm here is that we, we have kind of all of the, you know, the kind of ecologies at play here, all the edges, all the, all the, the scalability of, of it all. We sometimes think of agriculture as being at odds with environmental conservation, but the Savannah Institute is actually working toward the adoption of farming practices that foster ecological resilience, climate stability, economic prosperity, and vibrant communities. There are a couple of important ideas that guide how the Institute is working, agroforestry and multifunctional agriculture. Can you describe these two ideas for our listeners? As I understand multifunctional agriculture, it's really the combination of, I guess, going back to the definition of ecosystem services, you know, what are those environmental services that, that serve our community, the human community? How, how do the, does the ecological and ecosystem processes around the world provide for the services that we need to, to, ha- to, to have habit, a habitat to, to survive? And, and how we manage those is a totally other conversation. <laughs> And that's kind of where the science is at, is looking at, at these, what we're calling ecological services, um, which are a very selfish lens, I must add. Um, but but we, we kind of have to when we're trying to figure out how do, we, how do we recreate or how do we continue to evolve the best form of quote unquote sustainable livelihood of the human experience. So with agriculture kind of being the main source of our sustenance in terms of food, food, fiber, fuel, and those sorts of, of elements to our survival, we, we're, we're really now starting to look at, at that, that concept of ecosystem services, that, that we are part of an ecosystem, 
that the, that ecosystem is complex and dynamic and full of reciprocity. It's very much a give and take. Ecology is all about reciprocity and give and take. And, and how do we learn from that experience and, and think about how we use that in terms of our extractive process of agriculture? Um, so multifunctional agriculture is being is 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 a system whereby we are farming with the notion of preserving those the the potential for the e- ecosystem services. The science of it is really starting starting to learn and understand the complexity and understand how we can actually capitalize on that com- that complexity and make our system more abundant, more more diverse, more productive, more viable. And I think and excitingly is where the field of agroforestry comes from. And, and agroforestry is not new. As I kind of said with Savannah, that um, agroforestry is the integration of tree crops with an understory system. So, uh, or an integration of tree crops with livestock and annual production. So it's the inclusion of tree cropping systems with, with whether it's pasture or some kind of grassland system or uh, annual crops, um, or hay system, forage and fodder systems. You know, agroforestry is a very intentional process of incorporating what traditionally, or I wouldn't say traditionally, but lately has been more separated, uh, forestry and farming, um, and kind of combining the merits of the two, the, the tree cropping system with an agricultural system. And inherently, when you do that, you are, you are creating a much more dynamic and complex ecosystem. And in doing that, you, you automatically add complexity and diversity and abundance and yield and viability and resilience and sustainability and all these things that are part of the exact definition of multifunctional agriculture or a goal of enhancing ecosystem services. Our listeners love to learn more about and get involved with organizations like the Savannah Institute. Where do you suggest they learn more and how can they get involved with the Institute or more broadly with agroforestry? Yeah, that's a great question. So number one, of course, our website, uh, savannahinstitute.org or Facebook and Instagram are great ways to keep up with all the crazy cool stuff that's going on with all of our staff. Right now, primarily, we're based out of Illinois, central Illinois and central Wisconsin or south central Wisconsin, I should say. So, you know, those are kind of two hubs. So there's an opportunity for engagement there. But we do have a lot of key partners in Minnesota. So, you know, depending on where folks are at, there's certainly ways to plug in different farms to join. We, if for those learning, uh, wanting to dive in and learn through experiential learning, we have an, a fantastic apprenticeship program, which is still at, as of today, May, May 5th, we're still accepting applications for, but that basically places interested folks with, uh, uh, with a farmer or agroforestry producer that meets their specific objectives. Um, and it's a, there's different tiers of how it works, but there's a number of opportunities for people to engage either partially and during a partial season or for a full season. Um, we also just launched an online course. Um, so folks can really dive into getting a good, strong um, academic type background in agroforestry and as a way to plug in with a cohort of other online learners. You know, keep an eye on uh, our social media with the home farm. We're going to be doing tons of tours um, and educational trainings with that, uh, specifically here in Spring Green. But we have a number of different projects where we're doing 
same field days uh, and um, educational experiential opportunities with folks in different states and different regions. Two other big things coming up um, in the end of June this year, June 28th through July 2nd is the online uh, Association for Temperate Agroforestry to the 2021 North American Agroforestry Conference uh, called Scaling Up Agroforestry for Carbon Drawdown. And so you can find that on our website. Uh, but that's a multi-day conference uh, with a whole bunch of different workshops and plenary uh, sessions and keynotes um, and network and community building opportunities where you get to meet agroforesters, researchers, and farmers from all over the Americas, all over uh, uh, Mexico, primarily Mexico, uh, North America, and Canada. And then, as I mentioned earlier, our perennial farm gathering is an annual conference that happens every winter, usually in December. Hopefully this year we'll be in person, fingers crossed. Um, and that's a great one to specifically for those that are in the Midwest. I mean, really from everywhere. We, we really hope people come in from everywhere, but the perennial farm gathering has been a, a very strong contingent of Midwest-based researchers, uh, interested landowners and farmers to come together around these ideas. It's really geared towards uh, community building. It is not a conference, it's a gathering. It's very much a social gathering where to learn from each other, to network, to share, and to, to collaborate and, and, and partner. So that is probably the number one way to really get involved and get in. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of the ETC. Huge thanks to Eric for joining us to talk about agroforestry and multifunctional agriculture. Visit www.savannainstitute.org to learn more about the Savannah Institute and access their resources and programs. You can also visit silvopasture.umn.edu to join our learning network and share information, ask questions, attend field days, and other great ways to explore using agroforestry to restore oak savanna in Minnesota. This episode was recorded over Zoom from our homes during the coronavirus pandemic in 2021. We hope you enjoyed the opportunity for some advanced training during your daily walk while sitting at your desk or wherever you can listen in. Look for the ETC and subscribe on any of your favorite podcast services. Give us a thumbs up or drop a comment to let us know you value the podcast. Pass it along to others. We look forward to sharing another episode soon. In the meantime, we hope you stay safe, be healthy, and enjoy nature in place. And hey, I have a final quick message for you. There is still time to support the Minnesota Master Naturalist Program during Driven. The university's 10-year fundraising campaign, Driven, comes to an end on June 30th. This campaign was Extension's first, and we are very close 97% to reaching our goal of raising $16 million for a wide range of extension programming, including the Master Naturalist Program. If you've made a gift during that campaign, thank you. If you are interested in a gift to support the Master Naturalist Program, now would be a great time to do so. Make a gift online at z.umn.edu forward slash mnatgive. That is M-N at give.